Good morning and welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. We will begin our platform in just another few minutes. Uh, in the meantime, uh, please feel free to say hello in the chat. Um, and if you want everyone to know that you're here, make sure your uh, setting is on all panelists and attendees. And while we're waiting to get started, this is also an opportunity for you to get a candle uh, ready if you would like to have one for our candle lighting later and to collect whatever else you might want for our time together, your favorite stuffed animal or comic book paraphernalia or drinks or whatever. Good morning, Joe. Yes, indeed, the sun is shining here too. It is nice to see. Of course, good morning, Lynn. Not a surprise that you're here. If you are visiting us from another ethical culture society or another UU congregation, uh, we would be happy to hear about that as well. You can mention that in your greeting. But wherever you're from, whether you're a member or not, we are glad to have you with us. Good morning to Carl and Emily. Hey, Susan, good to see have you with us today. As another reminder, hello, Naomi. Um, if you want everyone to know that you're here and can see your greeting, uh, please set your um, your settings on all panelists and attendees. I think all panelists might be the default when uh, Zoom starts up. Good morning, Julie. Glad to have you with us. Really? Naomi says the everyone option isn't available. No kidding. You can't see all panelists and attendees. That's very strange. I'm seeing it on mine. No, oh, Maceo says the same thing. Oh, is that uh, is that a difference between Zoom and Facebook? Huh. Oh, okay. Lynn says she will fix it. All right. Good. Good morning, Donna Taylor. Okay. Uh, Lynn says try it again now. Okay. Now Judy Ohm says panelists and she's seeing panelists and attendees. Oh, but Judy, you're also a panelist, so that okay. Donna Taylor says we're we're in. Thank you, Lynn. Yes. <laughs> She is our superhero this morning. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. They are our superhero this morning. Yes. Not used to that, but I'll get there. Good morning to Brian and Leanne. Good morning, Peter. Glad to have you with us. We'll be getting started in just another moment. Again, feel free to get a candle ready or uh, grab your favorite beverage or whatever 
else you want to have with you for our time together. I can only think of two Susans. Oh no, three, okay. Uh, well, Susans and Suzannes, that, you know, that uh, makes it a little different. Good morning, Catherine. Stretch out that channel a little bit so I can see everybody's name. Okay, good morning, Abby. And I think we should get started because by my watch, it is after 1030. So let's get the show on the road. Good morning, Carol from sunny New Mexico and Adam Goldberg as well. Looks like John might be joining Abby. Great, glad, glad to have everybody here. Um, okay, I think we can uh, begin with our opening words. Thanks, Perry. Good morning and welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. I'm Lynn Cox. You can use they, them pronouns for me and I'm the interim leader here. Today's platform is about heroic values whether those heroes are from fictional worlds or everyday life. Much like the main characters of comic books and action movies, people of conscience find great power and great responsibility in exploring their origin stories, teaming up and coming to terms with our flaws and limitations. Opening words are from the movie Black Panther written by Joe Robert Cole and Ryan Coogler. And this line is spoken by the title character T'Challa played by Chadwick Boseman. He said, now more than ever, the illusions of division threaten our very existence. We all know the truth. More connects us than separates us. But in times of crisis, the wise build bridges while the foolish build barriers. We must find a way to look after one another as if we were one single tribe. Let us gather together. We begin today's platform with music from the encore singers of Only Maryland singing about real life superhero from history, Harriet Tubman.
Wow, what a great way to get the morning started. Welcome once again to the Washington Ethical Society. My name is Perry Bider. My pronouns are he, him, and his, and I am today's officiant. Visitors, we especially welcome you from near and far. We hope that you'll say hello in the chat and that you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, at maceot, M-A-C-E-O-T, at ethicalsociety.org. You can also fill out a connection form. Maceo will put that link in the chat. And we hope you'll join us after the platform service for a chance to say hello. Our chat will stay open through much of the platform service. It will close for the address itself and then reopening. If you don't want to see the chat, this is a good time to minimize it. Each week, a member of our community reads our statement of purpose so that we might hear our shared values in each other's voices. If you are interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc slash readSOP. This week, our reader is Joe London, a longtime member of WES, a longstanding member of the WES Chorus, and also currently chair of the Community Relations Committee. Joe, please read for us. Thanks, Perry. <clears throat> Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you, Joe. I enjoy hearing those words every week. Now, if you have a candle at home, this is the time to light it as we join in our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. In place of a story today, we have a special guest we're expecting a superhero called Human Person. And I think here they come now. Greetings, neighbors. I am Human Person. My mission is to make good choices guided by ethical principles. Welcome, Human Person. It's so nice to meet you. Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. We also try to make good choices guided by ethical principles. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. Ah, friends, it is so inspiring when heroic characters work together as you are doing. Since we are comrades in caped adventuring, can you help me? I accidentally fell upon the substance that weakens my powers, apathyite. And I'm having trouble remembering which choices are good ones. Would you give me some advice? What do you think, Wes? Can we help? We just talked about values like compassion, understanding, and commitment. 
be ready to type your advice in the chat. Oh, compassion, understanding, commitment. I can feel my powers already beginning to come back. And now I have to remember how to use my powers for good. Here's one choice. With my super hearing, I can tell that there's a cat stuck in a tree somewhere nearby. What would a superhero do with the powers of compassion? Should I throw rocks to convince the cat to come down? Should I yell and jump up and down? What would be some good choices? Friends, any ideas? Type them in the chat and I'll read them to human person. Oh, one has uh, open a can of tuna, climb up and give it a snack, throw some cat food up, uh, kindness, offer some treats. Boy, food seems to be a recurring theme here. So you're saying that offering the cat food and not throwing rocks would show the superpower of compassion. Yes, that sounds right. I'll try that when I leave here. I'm so glad we could help. Human person, do you meet other superheroes? Well, I'm meeting all of you right now. I also meet other superheroes at hero development classes. I'm taking an engineering class taught by Princess Shuri. I'm also taking a class on accessibility and inclusion from Oracle. In one of my superhero classes, Wonder Woman has been teaching us how to use the lasso of truth. The only problem is with all of this truth telling, people in our class are hearing things that challenge them or sometimes hurt their feelings. But they're true things that might help us make the world better. What value should we practice in the midst of this challenge? Could one of the superhero principles you talked about earlier help us? Hmm. Wes, let's think about the ethical values we've already talked about today. In the candlelighting, we talked about compassion, understanding, and commitment. What values or principles could human person and the other heroes use to solve their problem? Type your ideas into the chat. Let's see, mm. appreciative inquiry, mm. humility, deep listening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another vote for deep listening, empathy, mm -hmm. kind of related. You know, I did hear something about eliciting the best in the human spirit. Is it possible to do that when people disagree? Oh, wait, are you saying that sometimes people will disagree in the process of eliciting the best in the human spirit? Oh, man. Hmm. Yeah, uh, let's see, more answers coming in. I uh, can't read them all, but um, let's see, curiosity. Um, listening is one of those that helps, yes. Mm -hmm. Right, I'm hearing a lot about listening and compassion and humility and appreciative inquiry. That Those are good points. I'm going to bring that those ideas back to the ethical manifold. That's what we call our superhero headquarters is the ethical manifold. Well, friends, you've been so helpful. I think your advice and inspiration are helping me to overcome the effects of the apatheite. I have one more question. As you know, there has been a whole superhero crossover issue for the last year as people all over the world try to help keep each other safe from great danger. For a year, people have worn masks, not just this kind. They practiced <laughs> social distancing and washed their hands. Some heroic people are delivering food to neighbors or organizing mutual aid or 
providing medical care or supporting kids and elders or working in essential services and or speaking up for what's right. What could have inspired this perseverance? Why would people keep going when it's so hard to practice compassion and understanding consistently for a long time? I think the power you're looking for is called commitment. Mm. It means being dedicated to something, like a promise to yourself or others that you will keep practicing. Ah, so the superpowers work together. Your power of compassion helps you to be kind, and your power of understanding helps you to make decisions about being kind together, and your power of commitment helps you to keep doing that over and over. Amazing. Your example has cleared my mind and body of apathyite. Thank you, friends. If you will excuse me, I have a cat to rescue. Farewell, Excelsior. Thank you, human person. As human person goes on their way to do more heroic deeds, let's enter into the centering time of our platform. Each week, we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I am particularly mindful of all those dealing with power outages and extreme cold in Texas and the rest of the central United States. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. And let us commit ourselves to all that calls for our work and our love. I invite you now into a time of deeper meditation. Let's begin by cultivating awareness of our breath. Notice the feeling of air moving through you as you take in your breath and as you release the out breath. As we breathe in, we are aware of our vulnerability. As we breathe out, we are aware that we share this vulnerability with all living things. We know our vulnerability to loss, illness, and despair. We breathe in, held by our connections to the interdependent web. We breathe out, ready to take responsibility for our part in that web. As we breathe in, we hold in loving kindness, those friends and neighbors nearby and worldwide who are suffering. As we breathe out, we commit to reaching out with phone calls and emails and letters to comfort one another in sorrow, relieve pain when we can, and strengthen one another for the days ahead. As we breathe in, we savor the moments of gratitude and joy that may have reached us or the people we care about this week. As we breathe out, we imagine sharing joy and gratitude as the opportunity arises. We know that moments of meaning and purpose are precious gifts. 
As we breathe in, we recall that we are vulnerable to fear, doubt, and hatred. As we breathe out, we renew our resolve to live our values. With every breath, may we return to right relationship with the earth, with our neighbors, and with our own conscience. May we be ever present to truth, justice, and the way of compassion. We continue our meditation in silence and the music that follows.
Oh, thank you, Jordan. Okay, today's reading is by J. Michael Straczynski, writer of comic books, TV series, and novels. And it's called What Superman Taught Me. And I just have to say, J. Michael Straczynski is not the only one who learned this lesson from Superman. Growing up, I identified with Superman more than any other character. One of my earliest memories is of seeing the Max Fleischer Superman cartoons. I come from a hard knocks beginning, moving every six months, low income, an urban street rat. When I said I wanted to be a writer, my folks laughed because I was just this nobody from Jersey. But Superman could do anything he wanted to do and he could fly away from where he was. For me, he became an icon that I clung to for many years. And now I have a huge collection of Superman stuff. My sense of morality and ethics came from the Superman comic books. I maintain those ethics to this day. You treat people decently, big and small, and you come to the rescue when there's a chance. Two or three years ago, there was a high school in Hawthorne, New Jersey, that was losing their financing for their arts program. Kids were scavenging in dumpsters for wire and hangers to use for art and sculpture. I heard they were gonna do a little tiny convention at the high school to try to get the arts program back. I heard about them, went down there directly, made some calls, and the next thing you know, Marvel was involved, DC got involved. There were big name guests and auctions for heavy duty art. It became a huge thing. It was the right thing to do. That's what Superman taught me. Thank you, Perry. Super indeed. Well, earlier you gave some advice to human person about compassion, understanding, and commitment, which are easier words to say than to practice. It helps to have role models, even if their stories didn't happen exactly the way they're told. It seems to me that mythology, fiction, and maybe even history can supply us with examples of values we can agree on. Stories that have captured our imaginations in the past may remind us of the people we hope to become. When I was a kid, Batman was the lead character in some of those stories. He showed up in comic books and Pez dispensers, but the most influential form of Batman from my childhood was the Adam West character on television. When I was six or seven years old, the other kids who went to my babysitter and I used to run around the yard chasing supervillains, pretending the basement steps were the Batcave, and generally doing our part for the good of Gotham City or Riverdale. We all traded roles as heroes, heroines, and the various arch nemeses. I learned a couple of things from the Bat team. I learned that superheroes have origin stories, events that changed the direction of their lives. You might not be able to tell from looking at them, especially in their secret identities, but every superhero has a past. The Bat team also taught me that superheroes struggle with power, whether the super skills come from hard work or cool gadgets or another planet. Heroes have to figure out the most effective and responsible way to use those skills. Finally, I learned that superheroes form coalitions. 
Batman and Robin and Batgirl worked together, not to mention Commissioner Gordon and Chief O'Hara. Even an independent vigilante needs other people for the toughest problems. Come to think of it, those same things are true for all of us. Each of us has to decide how to respond to the past. Individually and as a group, we are faced with questions of power and responsibility. Teaming up with other people is a source of strength in spite of and perhaps because of our differences. I think these characteristics of superheroes call attention to Wes's future as a community. First, superheroes have origin stories. Some events from the past sparked the character's discovery of talents and passions, leading to a new sense of identity and purpose. Those events might be associated with death or separation from a loved one, or with the loss of a character's prehistoric dreams. Superman's powers come from his extraplanetary birth, but his ideas about truth, justice, and the American way come from Martha and Jonathan Kent. There is some speculation that Superman's creators, Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster, modeled him after Moses, a baby whose people faced destruction and was carried in a small vessel to a land where his birth identity had to be concealed. There is a category of stories in which the characters have qualities that were typical in their place of origin, but something called them to help people in a world similar to our own, with where their profound difference turned out to be a gift. Wonder Woman, Black Panther, Aquaman, and Valkyrie fall into this category. On the other hand, some superheroes start off with an event of pain or trauma, like Peter Parker's radioactive spider bite to become Spider-Man. Batman's path is a response to trauma. And then in the Watchmen series on HBO, one of the characters' commitment to justice come from being a survivor of the 1921 white supremacist attack on Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ms. Marvel's Kamala Khan is mainly in this category, having gained her powers during an unusual event. Whatever the story, most extra human comic book characters have faced a life-changing event that seems to isolate them from important people in their lives. Often the character will acquire or discover or place new value on a gift or talent they have during that experience. Picking up these pieces of loss, loneliness, and strength, the character eventually forges a new sense of purpose. Before I go on to the history part, maybe that sounds familiar. Michael Servetus, uh, or Miguel Servito, is someone from history whose story follows this pattern a bit. He wasn't always brave, he wasn't known for being kind, but he did set himself apart and commit his life to truth as he saw it. I wouldn't necessarily call him a humanist, but he was a free thinker in that he defied the orthodoxy of his time and his sacrifices made it possible for the people who came after him to do even more questioning of creeds, dogmas, and oppressive religious organizations. When Servetus read the Bible for himself for the first time as a young student in the 1520s, he was shocked to discover no evidence for the doctrine of the Trinity. In 1531, he published a tract 
de Trinitas Aerobius, on the errors of the Trinity, seemingly convinced that people would see it his way if only they would listen. That's not what happened. He was run out of town, his books were confiscated, and the Supreme Council of the Inquisition started looking for him. And this is where the secret identity comes in. Servetus fled to Paris and assumed the name of Michel de Villeneuve. And he had a varied career as de Villeneuve, first as an editor and publisher, and then as a doctor. He worked on a seven volume edition of the Bible, adding insightful footnotes. He was the first European to publish about the link between the pulmonary and respiratory systems. During his time as the personal physician for the Archbishop of Vienne, he secretly worked on his next theological treatise, Christianissimi Restitutio, the restoration of Christianity. And he also struck up a correspondence with his old classmate, John Calvin. Servetus was not diplomatic in his criticisms of Calvin's writings and Calvin broke off correspondence. And Servetus seemed to think that their exchange was illuminating because he included copies of his letters when he sent an advanced copy of the Restitutio to Geneva for Calvin to read. The publication of the Restitutio in 1553 marked the end of Servetus's secret identity. Both Protestant and Catholic authorities pursued him as a dangerous heretic. He was burned at the stake on October 27, 1553 by order of the Council of Geneva. And reportedly, he maintains his, maintained his beliefs until the end, shouting heretical prayers from the flames. And then the Catholic Inquisition in France burned Servetus in effigy a few months later. There were a lot of people who didn't want his ideas to be heard. Luckily for us, a few copies of his books were preserved and went on to generate new ideas among religious reformers for over 450 years. Now, I'm not saying Michael Servetus was a superhero. And it might be hard to identify with him in some ways. Though he had ideas that were called Unitarian at the time, Unitarian Universalists today would disagree with most of what he wrote, as would most ethical culturists. His creeds didn't match most of our beliefs. Though some of his deeds, such as challenging authority and being a medical provider, might resonate. Nevertheless, we can see how a turning point in someone's life can bring isolation, energy, purpose, abilities, and vulnerabilities, all at the same time. His origins were more like Spider-Man than Superman, being in the right place at the right time. Servetus was bitten by the free-thinking bug. He had to adopt an alter ego, but the bug also afforded him the drive and the insight to make great contributions to scholarship and religious freedom. How often is it the same for those of us who are regular folks? The events that make us who we are may bring us a sense of loss or loneliness. And these same events may bring a chance for us to develop new talents or personal connection to the work we aspire to do. Passion and vulnerability can come from a single point in time. The thing that sets a superhero origin story apart from a villain origin story is how the character translates their past into a future of meaning and purpose. Most of us are not consistently villains or heroes. We have to choose in every moment how to draw from our past to make choices in the present. 
we can't control the historical facts of our origin stories. Even if our own choices led to the turning points in our lives, they're in the past now. What we can do is bring our values to the way we understand those turning points and to our decisions about what to do with the gifts that we have now. Let's do our best to choose to use our origins well. Heroes form coalitions. The very first appearance of Spider-Man in Amazing Fantasy number 15 in 1962 saw the teenage Peter Parker misusing his new powers only to have his negligence contribute to the death of his Uncle Ben, one of his adoptive parents. Peter's understanding of Ben's teaching that with great power come, there must also come great responsibility, shaped his character from then on. And the spider counterparts from other universes, heroes like Gwen Stacy and Miles Morales, also have turning points on that theme. Superhero characters struggling with power and responsibility would have benefited from reading about James Luther Adams, who was a professor at Harvard during the 1950s and 1960s. Adams had a great deal to say about power and what that meant for their responsibilities of movements for liberation. Between 1927 and the late 1930s, Adams made several trips to Germany, a country that was renowned for philosophical scholarship. He spoke with religious and academic leaders and then was detained by, for questioning by the Gestapo and developed a sense of urgency about the political, cultural, moral, and spiritual crisis that went along with the rise of the Nazi party. While Adams developed great respect for the anti-Nazi confessing church movement, he noticed that Germany's churches as a whole were not pushing back against the crisis. Adams said that individual and organized philosophy should be examined. There must be a path for critique, self-correction, and development. Adams wrote, the achievement of freedom in community requires the power of organization and the organization of power. That's a phrase that I might come back to, the power of organization and the organization of power, because we are trying to achieve freedom in community. In that same period, when Adams was noticing trends of power, organization, and responsibility in Germany, humanists in the United States were also teaming up. And the roots, we're gonna to have to back up here, the roots of some of these relationships went back to the Free Religious Association, which was the group where Felix Adler hung out with Ralph Waldo Emerson and the other transcendentalists. And then the Free Religious Association led to another trend called the Ethical Basis Group within Unitarianism. So I'm drawing here from The Humanist Way, an introduction to ethical humanist religion, a book by former West senior leader Ed Erickson. Erickson writes that by the end of the 19th century, the ethical basis block had successfully advocated that inclusion as either a member or a clergy person in Unitarian congregations be purely on an ethical basis rather than a doctrinal basis. Erickson continues, they resisted all attempts to impose any theological requirement, however broadly such a test might be construed. Like Felix Adler's ethical culture, the ethical basis Unitarians regarded the 
the dedicated ethical life to be inherently religious without any necessary underpinning of theological belief. This concurrence of views resulted in a close working relationship between the leaders of the ethical societies of Chicago and St. Louis and their ministerial counterparts in the Western Unitarian Conference. Erickson goes on to say that while this cohort was concentrated in the Midwest, Octavius Brooks Frothingham in New York also largely shared Adler's philosophy. And Erickson also points out that the ethical basis cohort provided a seedbed where organized religious humanism under that name would first put down roots on American soil, making this development of interest to ethical humanism. So already at the turn of the century, there is some superhero teaming up going on and it gets better. Um, I also wanna back up a little bit and say, remember um, Fanny Barrier Williams from last week, she was one of the people in this Chicago group of ethical basis Unitarians, right? So it all connects. So in 1913, the Unitarian minister, John Dietrich began using the term humanism to identify his non-theistic philosophy of religion. And Dietrich said that he first encountered the term as a religious designation in the text of a lecture delivered to the London Ethical Society. Erickson writes that the ethical union in Britain had described their movement as humanist by the turn of the century. Um, and then the ethical culture in the United States started identifying more closely as a unique expression within the broader humanist movement a little later, not until after Adler's death in 1933. And at that point, US ethical culture found a whole league's worth of humanists to team up with. But back to Dietrich who discovered that his colleague Curtis Reese in Chicago was writing about the same kind of philosophy. And then having found each other, right? Superhero team, they attracted others to the growing humanist movement. And by 1927, they had connected with scientists, philosophers, and journalists who collectively were turning out what Erickson describes as a torrent of books, articles, sermons, and lectures that established humanism as a significant force in American society. And in 1933, 34 of these prominent figures signed on to the Humanist Manifesto. So, Adams is over there in Germany, learning about power and responsibility and organizations of power. And the humanists in 1933 are in America, figuring out about power and responsibility and organizing under the banner of humanism. And I think these things are connected, right? Because there is a, a very clear understanding of historic responsibility in that moment. Okay, moving on, later groups, wrote the Humanist Manifesto II of 1973 and the Humanist Manifesto III of 2003. And you can find those on the American Humanist Association website. The original 1933 document set a historic precedent, bringing together people from a variety of perspectives and settings. Unitarian and Universalist ministers were well represented, along with V.T. Thayer, Director of Ethical Culture Schools of New York, plus A. Eustace Hayden and Lester Mondale, who later became ethical leaders. I would suggest that the Washington Ethical Society, by affiliating with both the Unitarian Universalist Association and the American Ethical Union, 
is living out the spirit of cooperation that has powered the humanist movement in the United States from its inception. Ethical humanism is a unique expression and tradition within the larger humanist movement. And yet that larger movement remains important for understanding who we are and what we are here to do. We come to a deeper understanding of identity and mission when we team up. In fiction, superheroes seem to gravitate to one another. From the X-Men to the Avengers to the Teen Titans, collections of lead characters become ensembles. They have very different abilities and outlooks. Teaming up isn't always easy and it can be risky. Household squabbles may become epic battles if super abilities get out of hand. However, when they combine their gifts in the same direction, they can tackle complex problems that none of them would have been able to handle alone. And this is why we form coalitions too. Wes is a community of people who have many differences in individual lives, diversity and in creed and unity indeed. West members are able to learn together, make music together, serve the community and witness for justice without worrying too much about who is an atheist or an agnostic or a theist or a polytheist, whether among members or in coalition with our neighbors across religious or geographic lines, we are able to put differences aside as we work for the benefit of our shared community. It does happen though that human beings forget or retreat into what we think is a bubble of sameness or narrow our scope of what seems possible. Let's build on what is already going well as we resist the shrinking of our horizons. There may be partners in our community that we have yet to meet. There may be institutes for exceptional heroes or halls of justice that we have to overcome our internalized hurdles of classism and racism before we can join. At the very least, we can ensure that we're making the most of our super team here at WES. Like the superheroes, we can do more and support each other when we come together. There is a lot that WES has in common with an assembly of superheroes. Each one of us has an origin story, a set of events that shaped our talents, our passions, and our vulnerabilities. Each one of us has the opportunity to shape that story into a life of meaning and purpose. Like superheroes, it is incumbent on us to come to terms with power. Our collective abilities and assets make us a force to be reckoned with, and it is up to us to do the moral discernment to make sure we're doing a good job wielding that power. Our honesty with each other and practicing all of our shared values and commitments will help. Like the best superheroes, we form alliances. Within the West community, we share our specialized powers and support one another to accomplish goals none of us could handle alone. In our coalitions with other groups, we build bridges that support compassion. May all that has been divided be made whole. May it be so. After some music, we'll have community sharing time when you can write into the chat about what resonated with you today. A framing question might help to spark a memory of a personal experience or your direct observation. It's like a writing prompt, you can use it or not. And today's question is, who is on your superhero team? Who are the people you wanna team up with to practice your values? Who's on your team? As we contemplate, rest and reflect 
let us experience the beauty of the musical response. To be humble, to be kind, it is a giving of the peace in your mind. To a stranger, to a friend, to give in such a way that has no end. We are loved, we are one, we are how we treat each other when the day is done. We are peace, we are war, we are how we treat each other and nothing more. To be bold, to be brave, it is the thinking that the heart can still be saved, and the darkness can come quick, the dangers in the anger and the Hanging on to it, we are love, we are one, we are how we treat each other when the day is done, we are peace, we are war, we are how we treat each other and nothing more. And tell me what it is that you see. A world that's full of endless possibilities. Heroes don't look like they used to. They look like you do. We are love. We are one. We are how we treat each other when the day is done. We are peace. We are one. We are how we treat each other and nothing more. We are how we treat each other and nothing more. We are how we treat each other. This is the time when we add our own voices to the morning sharing our reflections on the platform or what resonates in our own lives. You may consider the framing question, who is on your superhero team? I invite you to share in the Zoom chat or Facebook comments. I will try and read as many as I can keep up with. Lynn Cox says, thank you, West Chorus, another super team. And uh, of course, that was a collaboration with the West Band as well. And speaking of uh, team ups and origin stories, I can't resist showing off my mug here with the inaugural story of the Justice League of America, another great uh, metaphor. Waiting for your comments to start appearing in the chat. Uh, Susan's asking, who's the young man who sang? That was Jordan Chafe. It was a lovely performance. 
Michael says, thank you so much, Lynn, for the link of the hero origin stories and ethical culture origin stories. Historical reflections are so useful in helping recognize that we are making history at this very moment. Karen Skofioleka says, my superhero team includes folks who can speak truth to me even when it's hard for me to hear it and with compassion and encouragement for my growth. That's one of Wonder Woman's special skills. Uh, Hunter and Mirka mentioned to panelists earlier that we should not pass up the opportunity to call Wes a Justice League. Can't argue with that. Uh, Shayla says, it's so inspiring hearing about brave individuals. Yes. Karen Storm says her mom is on her team. Excellent. Laura Tyler, I would like to shout out to Joe London. She's on my team, but she may not know it. Hmm. Maceo says being burned at the stake and still telling your truth is amazingly heroic. I need to learn more about him. Yeah, I was not familiar with that story either. Um, Jade Kohler says the idea of an origin story really resonated with me. The idea that we are the result of every experience we have and person we meet is something that I've held close for a while. Yeah. And Shayla has posted a link to learn more about Michael uh, Servetus. Peter Bishop says, when we think of the history of religious humanism, I think it is useful to acknowledge Felix Adler's criticism of the philosophy of humanism, declaring that forming communities is even more important than personal philosophy. Joe London says, thank you to Laura, and I love hearing that. You're definitely on my team, too. Well, um, <clears throat> I think the whole CRC is a good example of such a team. Uh, Julie Drizzen says her team includes her sister, her therapists, artists, activists, and Jamie Raskin. Yeah, I bet he's been nominated for a lot of people's teams lately. Okay, um, you may continue looking at the uh, chat responses as they as more of them accumulate. But for now, uh, just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at West, we split the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. We appreciate each person's generous giving as they're able. This month, half of the offering is dedicated to the Mana Food Center. MANA strives to eliminate hunger by increasing access to nutritious food for all those experiencing hunger and food insecurity, strengthening community food skills that empower healthy eating, and connecting neighbors in need to resource providers and to each other. On the slide, you'll see the number to give by text for today's collection. That's 202-335-1885. And you can also make a gift online through the donate button on the website at ethicalsociety.org. We will now receive your gifts and the gift of music. We are the ones we've been waiting for. 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 We are the ones, we are the ones. 
we've been waiting. We are the ones, we are the ones, we've been waiting. We are the ones, we are the ones, we've been waiting. We are the ones, we are the ones, we've been waiting. We are the ones, we are the ones, so much to the many people who helped create this morning's time together. Interim music coordinator Leah Morris, the West Chorus and Band, and guest musicians Jordan Chafe and the Encore Singers of Only Maryland. Thanks to Maceo Thomas, our membership coordinator. Thank you to Robin Kravitz for communication support. Thanks to our new slide artists, John and Abby Dakin. Anyone who would like to join the slide creation team, please contact Robin. And thanks to tech host, Johnny Bujak. Thanks also to Adam Goldberg, who's filling in today as our coffee hour host. Thank you to those who are leading and supporting our work in the week to come. At the conclusion of the platform, please join us for virtual coffee hour. Once we're in the Zoom coffee hour space, we'll divide into breakout groups, which you're welcome to drift in and out of as you greet different people. Today being the third Sunday of the month, uh, we're going to be able to choose our own breakout group. Uh, one of those will be for parents. At least one group will be for solo at WES, which means people who don't have partners, spouses, or children who attend or are members of WES. Solo at WES is meant to be a point of connection for people who don't have many points of connection already. In addition to parents and solo, at least one group will be specifically for discussing today's platform. And we'll also have some general social groups. Please be kind to Adam who's volunteering to host coffee hour and who will need some time to assist people as they choose their groups. I believe we have one more group to mention. Is that right, Lynn? Yes, thank you, Perry. Um, so in addition to parents and solo and platform and chatting, there is also a group hosted by board members who would like to hear your thoughts about the statement of purpose. So might be a hard choice. There's lots to choose from. You can chat with board members or one of the other groups that Perry mentioned, thanks. Thank you. Uh, to get to coffee hour after closing words, please point your browser to tiny.cc slash West Coffee Hour. I have a couple of important announcements about events next Saturday. The Unitarian Universalist Association is hosting a conference for congregations engaged in anti-racism, anti-oppression, and multiculturalism. This will be a time to trade ideas with other communities and recommit to the work of justice and inclusion. One workshop will be uh, led by Leo Morris on songwriting. It's called the New Day Rising Conference. It will be online the afternoon of this coming Saturday, February 27th. Thanks to our group discount. Registration is just $20. And there is funding if that's out of reach for you. Please contact Trang Duong to learn more or to join the West Contingent. And I think there will be a uh, link for that in the chat as well. 
Uh, also next Saturday, Wes's scout troop, BSA Troop 1123, is holding a food drive this month to help people in our area who are hungry during the pandemic. Uh, there will be an opportunity to donate items from your own pantry next Saturday, the 27th again, from 10 to 12, and then from 1 to 3 in the afternoon in the back patio behind the West Building. Now, financial contributions are very welcome and highly effective. You can do that at any time. Uh, you can find the link for that in news and notes, uh, or you can go to uh, give.capitalareafoodbank.org slash troop1123 to make a contribution. Thank you for assisting our neighbors in need. We also have opportunities for West members and friends to connect virtually during the week, including support meetings and discussion groups. You can find the details for those and all other events on our website calendar at, at ethicalsociety.org. Finally, thank you for being here with us. Now let's enjoy together our closing song of the month performed by interim music coordinator Leah Morris and the West Chorus. Together we stand with our voices lifted, together we sing as one choir. Together we stand with our hearts united, our flames ignited, our lives bright to inspire. Together we stand with our voices lifted, together we sing as one choir. Together we stand with our hearts united, our flames ignited, our lives bright to inspire. Together we stand with our voices lifted, together we sing as one choir. Together we stand with our hearts united, our flames ignited, our lives bright to inspire. And now I invite you to join me in our closing words for the month. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, creating beloved community among us and beyond us for our hearts and for our quest for a better world. Again, please join us for coffee hour. You can find the link on the slide or in the chat. And if you're new to our community, please send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, to introduce yourself. Thanks very much. I look forward to seeing some of you in the coffee hour, and I hope everyone has a great week. See you back here next Sunday. Take care.